0: Everyone and welcome to the Tide Tech episode nineteen hodgepodge for two hundred Alex for the week of November fourth, two thousand ten. This week is just uh, as the title in, in, in indicates a hodgepodge, a collection of ideas and things that Sean and I had uh, had been discussing offline and and things that we wanted to uh, uh, bring into the show that weren't necessarily um, whole show. Um, material that we couldn't right. stretch you know a whole show out of so we kind of stacked a bunch of them together and we're calling this one Hodgepodge for 200 and if you don't get the reference I'm sorry
1: yeah, well, and this is what uh, we would have called in the past a 0.5 episode, I right. think. Right.
0: But yeah. we don't well, we we sort of did a 0.5 even after we went weekly. We released two in one week, but Yeah. Yeah. See, we're that's when we're extra motivated and we actually have extra content. This is not extra content. This is
1: the content.
0: Filler Content. Yeah, sure. So, more or less. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so we don't have, uh, a guest this week and we don't have a particular topic this week. Uh, it's, uh, this will be more philosophy probably and, and loosing up rap, uh, loosing up wrap ends, sure. wrapping up loose ends. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm just gonna jump straight to it because, uh, the longer this episode sits, the less timely it is. So, I'll go ahead and, and mention it, uh, Uh, we're recording this, uh, actually on the same day that episode 18 is released. Uh, just moments ago, we released episode 18 and now we're recording episode 19. So we're a little bit ahead of the grain, uh, 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 game there. So, uh, just today, um, I added to the Tightwad Tech website, a donut button. And, uh, I just want to mention that that's there, um, and and really kind of leave it at that. Uh <laughs> I don't want to uh, make anybody feel like they're pressured uh into it. It's not uh, I don't expect people to donate. We've always said from the beginning that uh, this is sort of a project that we do uh a community service and and a hobby really. Um but it's not something that uh you know we're not going under, but uh, the reason I I did this is that in the future um I expect that uh my hosting company may electronically so to speak come knocking on my door yeah uh because our our bandwidth as we're getting uh more and more subscribers uh on average right now we're getting uh 200 downloads per episode which is you know pretty cool uh but uh, it, it's growing at a relatively exponential rate
1: well yeah and something to mention uh to add on to that is yeah that it is exponential so even old episodes we're finding people are going right. back and downloading those so over time the overall downloads is growing
0: right and that, that's we're seeing that a lot is uh, people find the podcast through whatever Avenue and then they go back and they listen to all 20 episodes uh, and so what's happening is we're uh, cranking out just gigs and gigs of bandwidth every month and and my hosting company uh, advertises unlimited bandwidth but I have a feeling that in the future <laughs> they're gonna come to me and say we need to have a talk about that unlimited thing
1: yeah let's redefine unlimited <laughs> yeah. um, and you know they, they
0: may decide that they want to charge me or they may just decide that they want to drop me and say, you know, when, when your prepaid year is up, we're going to decline to renew you. So uh, I'm sort of putting the tip jar out there as a uh, um, preemptive strike. Uh, and so any anybody who feels the need uh, or the desire can uh, click the, the donate button. It's, it's a simple PayPal thing. There's no minimum, you know, if you want to put a penny in there. Uh, don't do that because they charged me like three percent and then i'd get three percent of a penny so you know <laughs> do at least a quarter you know um uh, so anyway its just out there if you want to help out uh if you think that what we do is of of value then donate if you don't then don't and i'm fine with that
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've I think we've been pretty open about that all along is we're not expecting to get rich off this or anything. Uh it's certainly just uh, something we love to do. Um I will expand on that just in the fact that uh, uh you know, you've been out of pocket personally on uh you know, our equipment and things like that. So
0: Yeah, all the um, hosting, all the equipment, all the everything so far has just been on my Visa card.
1: Right, which Hey, I appreciate that. That's cool. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh so you know, it, to help defray some of those expenses too, that'd be great. As uh, I told
0: somebody recently, I don't play golf, I don't uh smoke cigars, I don't have the any of the typical expensive hobbies. Uh this podcast is turning into my expensive hobby. We all <laughs> we all have these things that we do whatever it is uh um and this is mine. So uh uh you know, I'm not necessarily asking for a handout, but I uh, we have encouraged other people like the uh the Fog Project, when they were on, uh, we encouraged them to uh, to to create a donate option because we said, you know, I would, and 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 they have since, and I have, and yeah. and I I'm fond of donating to uh, the products that we use often, Italg and these other uh, um, open source tools. If it's something that I use, um, I, I kick a few bucks to the developers of it. And so in sort of staying true to myself, if I'm going to uh dress down people for not having a donate button on their website, I guess I'd have a donate button on my website. Oh, sure.
1: Sure. So yeah, yeah, no hard sells here, just uh, right. just know that it's there and that's why we put it up.
0: And uh when I was setting up the donate button, I noticed that uh PayPal has a subscription option, which I thought was kind of cool. You can sort of uh sign yourself up for a certain amount per month. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't put that up there but I'd be interested in hearing from the community if if anybody would, you know, pay a buck a month, a quarter an episode uh and would like that option, uh, let me know and and it's it's out there and it's it's easy to do. PayPal makes that uh really easy. So uh anyway, that's enough about the uh donate button. Um well, I did I did want to mention one other thing. Sean um has has mentioned before the possibility of uh uh, sponsorships or whatever. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking and, about that. And those are the sort of things that we've, we discuss off air and, and, um, you know, this, like I said, is a hobby, but it would be nice. Everybody who has a hobby dreams of the day when their hobby becomes their, uh, job, you know, when, yeah, when they can yeah. do it all the time. And and I would, I would enjoy that if, if we, you know, if I became the next revision three and had uh, a whole bunch of, uh, a network of podcasts, that would be cool. I would enjoy that. Um, but we also recognize that we're a very uh niche market. Right, we're a niche market within a niche market. So there's education yeah. <laughs> is a niche market, and tech is a niche market, and then ed tech is a niche of a niche. And so we recognize that, and and the the possibility of attracting sponsorship is really low. So uh it's either going to be your donations or my Visa card. It's pretty much how this is going to be funded.
1: Right. And we had, we've even touched on that in the past as far as talking about, uh, the scope of the show. Cause you could open it up to really all education. And you can start talking more about what's going on in the classroom and trying to appeal to teachers specifically. And, uh, you open up those horizons, uh, even more, I think. Uh, but we decided to kind of stay true to ourselves a little bit more and what we had really started with and, uh, that it was really the, Uh, stress on tech in edutech i guess
0: now having said that if uh somebody's out there listening and thinking you know i'd like to start a podcast but i don't really have the resources hey maybe we can uh set something up and maybe i'll be your parent company and and we could do something on the tightwad network or something i don't know but anyway enough about that um I'm, i'm gonna let sean introduce this next item because uh he uh um is, is more passionate about this particular topic than I am.
1: Yeah, well, uh, and I guess that just goes back to my old corporate management training, right, which I was fortunate to be part of a company that was fairly progressive, right, at least uh, when it started. So uh, these types of things really, you know, just are like a knife in my heart. Um, and it's uh, loosely just uh, as far as uh, technology coordinators are not teacher managers. That's the the main idea right and uh we had a uh,
0: well let's let's stop just address that there are people who are in charge of managing staff right your tech
1: team isn't right exactly and you know we've talked in the past about uh technology's not a classroom manager right and that the teacher is the classroom manager and technology are the tools uh so it's it's interesting we had a a couple of things come across our email in the past couple of weeks that really touched on this uh without them explicitly touching on it but uh, it was things like uh streaming music in the classroom or using facebook in the classroom um or for personal use or whatever else and uh there was a lot of uh, a lot of people jumping in there and making statements as the tech coordinator uh to the effect of uh you know i'm protecting the teachers from themselves i'm uh you know uh, they're not supposed to do it but they'll do it anyway so i'm going to make sure they don't do it uh you know a lot of loose statements like that
0: a lot of eyes that's the thing yeah they they don't necessarily uh reference district policy or decisions made by the school board or the superintendent um often uh Technology, the network administrator, uh, says I a lot and imp- imposes his ideas and his, um, uh, ways of doing things, uh, on his, his teachers. And, and the, I think the distinction that we wanted to make here is that, um, if you're a technology administrator, your job is to administrate the technology and, and maybe the tech staff, but not the teacher staff. And certainly not the students.
1: Yeah. And and then so you see these people kind of ascend to this position. And I don't know, you know, in my own mind, I think they're, they're getting full of themselves, right? They're drunk on their own power uh, because and, and, you know, maybe it's a, a function of how that district is set up and managed. You know, maybe the superintendent is passing that power on to that person. Uh, so we don't know specifically in those situations. But even if that is the case, I don't really agree with it. You know, I think the teachers or teaching staff, a professional educator who has done that job for 20 years or however long and has made it, so, made it up to superintendent should be managing the teachers. The tech guy should not be managing the teachers. And even if you have uh, uh teaching experience, if you're one of those tech guys that came out of the classroom, I still don't – you know, I, I think the superintendent needs to be that boss because – uh, you can't serve two bosses either. That's a bad system. You need to have a clear leader. He's he's the one that's defined. And even if that's an assistant superintendent or whatever, but uh, you know most teachers will report to a principal and so on. So in no way, shape, or form should really the tech guy be in that equation.
0: And if you've been put in that situation, you need to have a talk with your higher-ups. And you need to say, right. look, this, this isn't something that I'm skilled and trained to do
1: yeah and and honestly even if you are and i would assume if you are you would be begging out of that situation anyways cuz you know why it's not a good situation but uh uh yeah i mean beg out of it get out of that situation talk to that person and you know i can see you know there's a there's a myriad of situations that that can that can come out of, you know, maybe the superintendent is not a great leader, is not a strong leader and is really looking to pass the buck on that, that type of stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, I don't want to just uh, blaze everybody uh, because everybody has their own unique situation. But uh, in the end, some of the quotes that I saw, some of the things I saw going around, it was just sounded more like people drunk on power than anything.
0: Yeah, one of uh one of the my favorite ones that you have uh excerpted here from uh several days worth of conversation over uh a couple of weeks. Um somebody with their tongue firmly in cheek said, "Be careful you're crossing over into logic and facts. This is about control."
1: Right, and with control being in all caps. So, uh, he was yeah, tongue in cheek making that point and it was it was Uh, you know, it was a funny thing to see in the middle of that thread, but, uh, but it's very true. And, uh, there were some good points in there, you know, there was some talk about a discussion about, uh, copyright. And I thought that was the best part of the whole string was that there was a decent uh, discussion about copyright and it was eye opening as far as how many people, how much people didn't know about the copyright. And, uh, it also, I think the main point that came out of that was that copyright, laws are vague and you know nobody's really sure uh so uh, that was interesting but you know if the thread was simply that it would have been great but it was funny to see these little bits of Uh, I need to control my kingdom popping in and out of there, you know.
0: I don't know how it is in other countries, but in the U.S., laws are created by the Congress and defined by the courts. Uh, So laws are never really uh, codified until somebody sues somebody over it, until somebody uh, accuses somebody of breaking that law. And then the judge says, well, here's what this law really means. And so when you get into copyright law, um, that's – Definitely a time when the law does not keep up with the technology. In fact, if you read uh, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, uh, I think it was 92 or something when that came out, it still refers to the phonograph. Right.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, and you can talk about, uh, any discussion in education and Facebook references a lot of the same types of things. You know, there's a lot of legal problems that you can, uh, you can get into there. And, uh, you know, each district has to figure that out on their own. But in the end, whatever your policy is, if it comes down to, uh, managing teachers, I think that's more a function of the administrators, the education administrators and not the technology administrators. Uh, you know, we may be able to give them some tools, you know, maybe do some logging for them, something like that. But, uh, yeah, just see a lot of these ones thrown out there where it's more about control and the person having power and asserting, you know, themselves as the great and powerful laws. And, uh, so, uh, stay away from those statements that's, right. that's what i'm gonna say
0: yeah and with the reason we bring this up is the the recent string of of podcasts we've done uh, there has been uh... this topic sort of come up about uh... uh the oversight technology oversight and and uh, uh... managing classroom and 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 again as i referenced recently uh... uh... what we do is often considered a black art people don't really know what we can do and uh, and what we should do and i think sometimes people in our positions don't know what we should do. But again, uh, this is more of a philosophy than a than a hard, fast rule. Is I would say if you're um, voluntarily or involuntarily putting yourself or being put in a position to manage behavior with technology, you're probably going about it the wrong way.
1: Yeah, and really in our position, it's I think it's more a responsibility of the tech guy to educate the administrator, the superintendent, or whoever it is that you're dealing with educate them to that effect that you know technology is is a tool it's not the manager and that's the whole point of this is we're not the managers the technology is not the managers you know you mr superintendent or mr principal or whatever are the manager you know if there's some tools that i can give to help you accomplish whatever it is you know if the principal says i don't want anybody on facebook even my teachers i don't want them to ever see it Fine, we can give you some tools to do that, but that's your decision. You need to make that. We don't need to make that decision. And what I saw in that thread was a lot of technology coordinators making that decision.
0: I agree. Do you have anything else to say about that, or just
1: no? Uh, uh well, I'll, I'll one loose quote that leads us into our next topic so that's the only reason I'll go in is uh somebody saying that uh, there's a 80/20 rule 20% of the people do 80% of the work uh but uh he finds that 20% of the people follow rules 80% of the time and vice versa so uh, I thought that was a funny twist on the 80/20 rule and that leads us into uh the next topic which is our own uh, 80/20 rule
0: Right. Um, Google, uh, is famous for having their 20% time. And, uh, they, uh, took the idea from 3M, who took the idea from someone else. It's, it's not a new idea, but Google is sort of the, the one that most people think of when they, when they hear about 20% time. And, and that is that, uh, at Google, uh, you are encouraged and allowed, not required, but allowed to and even encouraged to spend up to 20% of your week. For example, say a full Friday, um, doing something not directly related to your job. And it out of the 20% time has come some really cool ideas like uh Google Reader for example came right. out of 20% time and some of some of the enhancements uh, so um just to give uh, an example that would be uh somebody who's on the Gmail team has an idea for Google Maps and so that's outside of their expertise and they're allowed to spend 20% of their time doing something that's not. That doesn't mean that they can spend 20% of their time working on their golf game. Right. So it, it's, um, uh, time that has to be productive and useful, but not necessarily considered quote unquote on task. And, and that's a, a policy that, that, that I've adopted over the years. Um, and when what brought this, uh, to head was I was having a conversation, uh, uh, via, uh, email with, um, A colleague, not somebody I know, but somebody I've uh, corresponded with uh, a number of times over the years, and um, he uh, was asking about how to roll out a software package, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, printers or something. It was printers, that's what it was. He was asking for some Active Directory tricks for rolling out printers, and I replied back, I do that with FOG. Fog has a really robust, uh, uh, feature built in for doing that. And, uh, you, the Fog client will install the printers on demand. And I said, I used to do it, uh, differently and I have done it with Active Directory and it's a complicated bit of, of hacking and scripting. Uh, but, uh, you know, Chuck and John, uh, Jim have done that for us in the Fog client and right. it's, it's a lot easier. And, and he replied back something to the effect of, um, I really need to look at fog, but I, I haven't had time to do it. Uh, and, and my response to him was, you have to do it because it will save you so much time. If right. you're if you're always worried about being, quote, unquote, on task, you'll never have time to experiment with those things that will save you time in the future. And um, after I sent him that email, he, he, he wrote back and said, as soon as I hit enter, I said, he's going to tell me that it's going to save me time <laughs> and I should be doing it. So, it, it, you know, yeah. I, I guess I'm somewhat predictable in that. But uh, – you know that, that 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 is hand in hand with the tightwad mentality uh, uh with being a tightwad comes being an experimenter uh and doing things uh thinking outside the box and doing things differently and finding new and creative uh ways to uh stretch your time and your money and your hardware and if you do not allow yourself the time to do that and i'm not saying it has to be 20% uh but you have to have that overall arching mentality of i'm going to lock the door and unplug the phone, and I'm going to spend today working on this thing that I think will save me days and days and days and days in the future. Right. So I'm, it's not wasting time, it's investing time.
1: Yeah, I like to think that uh, so much of what we've done in our 20% time uh, has just made us wildly more... Uh, Efficient at our jobs, uh, the amount we always we have people all the time comment on how we manage to do what we do and how amazing it seems and uh, and this is even other other tech people and uh, uh, it 's because of that it 's that twenty percent investment that we make that we keep coming up with these great ways to do ah, here 's a new way to do this, and you know technology evolves right so if you 're not always kind of ear to the ground learning about these new technologies. You find yourself, you know, still doing things the old way. I mean, uh, you know, you could get extreme and say, you know, we might still be using, uh, floppies to, you know, <laughs> to, yeah, maybe floppies or CDs. We certainly would be using CDs to, to reimage still, if not for something like that. So, you know, you took your 20% time, found out about fog, got it up, working, you know, did all of this stuff. And, uh, and that's exactly what this guy's saying. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that fog thing. I need to look at it. Well, you really do need to look at it, yes, because it's, it's saving us, I mean, another person, just that one software. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, just don't see how you can live without it.
0: Just to give you a hard example of that from my experience, uh, several years ago now, uh, uh, our high school secretary... Uh, was in an accident and injured herself and was out of the office for several days. And, um, uh, the assistant uh, principal at the high school was, was filling in being the secretary and the assistant principal. And I needed to speak to, the assistant principal about something which meant i had to go sit in the office and talk to the secretary <laughs> to to get that done <laughs> um and so during the course of this conversation uh, i watched as uh, students came in uh, who were tardy for class and they had um a process uh, by which a student uh, could get so many tardies and and then that resulted in a detention and then an excessive tardy above that resulted in an in school suspension and i had these uh, this policy these rules set in place and I watched as a student came in and the assistant principal uh, pulled out um, a spiral notebook and flipped through it and looked how many times his name had been written in it and said, <laughs> okay, this is your fifth one, that's a detention, and then reached over and fumbled through a drawer and pulled out a pink a free printed detention slip and wrote the student's name and the date on it and handed it to him and then turned around to a different spiral notebook and opened it up and wrote down that that person was there which that then would be photocopied and handed and put in a box for each of the teachers so that they would know when the students were to be in detention or in in school suspension it, it's one of those things that probably grew over years um, and each step along the way seemed logical at the time right and nobody had ever stepped back and said This is stupid. Right. But that was my impression as I was watching. I was thinking, I cannot believe that we have this uh, salaried professional spending his time doing this. So uh, with my experience with that, I sort of interviewed him a little bit. I pulled out my PDA, my palm at the time and was taking notes and was asking him, what's the, what are the rules? How's this defined? And I went back to my office and I spent the next couple of days banging up some VB, uh, visual basic code. Um, and I wrote a program that automated all that. It had all the students in it, and uh, you just search for the student name, type the first couple letters, it pops up, you click there, you click Add Tardy, it calculates it. When it hits that detention number, it automatically increments it, adds it to a calendar that the teachers can see, prints out a detention list, and then sends a message, uh, uh, prints out something that can be sent home to parents. And this all happens uh, in seconds. They've been using that for almost a decade now. right? And so my couple of days of investment have saved them months over that amount of time in that time invested in recouping. And, and, and now that's part of our image, this little icon that I created that the, you can double click on it and, um, the, a calendar comes up and a teacher can see when a student is in, in school suspension and, um, and then know to send work to them and that sort of thing. And, and we no longer do the tardies and the absence and the, and the, 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 the detentions things in that same way anymore. But we still use that code uh, when somebody is in suspension or whatever, for whatever reason, we put them in there in that system. And it's it's this mechanism that has worked for years now because I invested a couple of days of wasted time. Right. I had to stop doing what I was doing. I had to put things off of my to-do list to do it. But in the end, it has saved time every day for a decade.
1: Right, right. Uh, and again, fog is the same, same type of example. You know, we have, we've always got a million things going on. Everybody does. Uh, you know, so we're not going to complain that we do cause everybody else out there does too. But, uh, if you don't carve out that time and spend it, uh, you know, learning these new things, uh, spending, uh, like you did, I mean, really you didn't have to learn VB in that situation, but, uh, you'd still set aside your time to work on, on that. And, you know, there was, You know, still some learning about, uh, you know, how that whole process worked and everything. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's hugely valuable. And all I can say on top of that is don't carve out the time and then waste it on Facebook.
0: That's true. Yes.
1: (laughs) You know, carve it out and yeah, it's not like personal recovery time. It's carve it out and, you know, go out there and actively look for, you know, what new technologies are out there or, um, even like I do, I like to spend some of my 20 minute time, uh, you know, working on some programming stuff or something like that, uh, which I'm, you know, learning. So, uh, yeah, absolutely do it. I mean, we're all thumbs up on that. So, right.
0: And, and, um, You have to be intentional about it. Uh, I hear people say all the time, when I get some time, or when I get around to it, or, or when my plate's not so full. Your plate is always going to be full. Let's face it, if your plate's not full every day, you don't, they don't, your staff doesn't need you. You can be fired if your plate isn't full. Uh, the whole point of having a staff member is to give him things to do. Right. So you're always going to have things to do. You have to be intentional and, and sometimes you have to tell people not today. No, don't, no appointments today. No phone calls today. I'm not in the office today. Yeah. Um, so that you can work on whatever it is. And, and you, um, italk was one of those things I spent some time. Researching options, it took me. You know, I didn't just stumble into. It. I didn't have a podcast that told me how great iTalk was. Yeah, I had to find it, and I went looking for tools and I investigated different uh, remote management tools and different ways of, of doing it. And it took me a couple of days, probably uh, not all back to back. I didn't spend two two full days on it, but in in five and six hour chunks, I spent a couple of days finding it. And then once I did, I was able to present my staff with this awesome classroom management tool. That, uh, uh, that saves them time and makes their lives easier and doesn't cost us anything. I think that, uh, again, going back to the tightwad mentality, um, it's easy, it's lazy to just contract something. A vendor calls up and says, I have this great tool. It's going to make your life easier. And they're probably right. Yeah, And you just say, all right, how much is it going to cost? Uh, okay, I can afford that. And you write a check. It's easy to write a check. It's, it's, you might say, time efficient to write a check. But in the long run, is that the best way to spend your time and your money? Right. I would say that your, your employer has already spent money on you and he didn't hire you to spend money.
1: Right. <laughs> Well, uh, I want to also kind of turn that around because that was more from the boss's perspective. That was from the Mark chair. Uh, uh, but I, I do want to stress to you guys out there that do have a staff is that uh, this doesn't only apply to the boss and it doesn't here either. I mean, uh, Mark's not just speaking about 20 percent time for the boss. He he believes that I should be spending 20% uh, time as well. Uh, so, uh, even though you may feel that what you can get out of 20% time might be more valuable to, to the organization, uh, than what, you know, the, your lower level people might, uh, which is probably true. Uh, you also will find that there are times when that low person is going to find that nugget. Uh, you know, they're going to do something, uh, that's going to really wow you. Um, so, uh, hopefully you've got some reliable people that you can trust that they're using that time wisely. If not, you know, you can have them report back to you with what they were working on. Uh, you know, I'm not against that, but definitely let those people do that as well. Uh, they might surprise you. I know Mark, you know, I've, I've come up with some things and brought them to Mark's attention and he's like, wow, where'd you find this? (laughs) You know? So it does work both ways. Uh, uh, so here's an yeah. interesting
0: question and one I'm not qualified to answer so I'll just ask it. Does that translate to the classroom too? Can you plan in 20% time for your students or or maybe 10% time because time is such a, a fleeting commodity in schools but just give them time to work on their math homework in the English class? It it, it would that would you see those kind of gains?
1: I don't know. That's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I mean, we know some teachers that give them some time on the side, but it's more of an unwinding time, right? They're they're doing some intense learning and give them ten minutes of kind of their own free time. Uh, but that's not productive time. That's waste wasting time, just you know, letting them goof off or whatever. But. Uh, that would be interesting 20 percent time when
0: i was in school we had what's called study hall i don't know if they still do that but in a seven period day it was like an eighth period um, that we still had to be there but we all we went to the library or whatever and that was our study time and i I, you could sort of think of that as built in 20 percent time it was time when we were expected to be on task about the task of learning but not necessarily in english class or in spanish class or in uh, algebra class
1: that'd be tough because you'd have to do it it still have to be something you wanted to do right uh so i know if it was had anything to do with homework back then i wouldn't have wanted to do it you know i wouldn't want the typical study hall uh now if it was something like i could get extra credit by learning anything i wanted to within any of my subject matters so long as it was like if i really wanted to just if i liked history i could go out and learn about history on my own and uh, do a report on it or something and get some extra credit that would have been kind of cool yeah yeah
0: Alright, and, and so continuing the trend, um, but getting off of the idea of a- experimentation, there's also time to, to be trained and to learn. Um, too many people work themselves, um, into burnout because they don't take the time to, to, uh, expand their horizons. Go to meetings. Uh, find a local, uh, regional service center meeting or a statewide meeting and, and take a day. Right. And, and use some of your district's travel funds and go stay in a hotel and meet with people who are doing the same things you're doing and going through the same things you're going through and and take that time. I used to feel really guilty about taking that time. I've been at this job almost 15 years now. And for the first 12 of those years. I never went anywhere. I didn't even go to uh, a meeting, you know, that was an hour away at at, uh, at at another neighboring school district because I felt it took me it, it was time out, right? It was I was it was like cheating. I had this big long to-do list and nothing was getting done when I was away. Right. But it's important to do that to to rub elbows with other people and exchange ideas and to uh, in fact in Texas I don't know about the other states but in Texas teachers are required to have a certain number of continuing education hours to keep their their certification if they don't continue learning the state doesn't recognize them as a teacher right. so it's built into our state that teachers are learners It should be the same for a technician and for an administrator. Learning is a lifelong process. And you again, you again have to carve out time. You have to block out schedule and say, this is what's going to happen. I have to, to go and do this thing. I have to take time and, and learn and, and, and grow. And, and, uh, Chris in the chat room says it helps that I have, uh, Sean around now. I, yes, I do have a helper, but <laughs> right. I did that before I had a helper and, and I did see benefit from it. Um, and so yeah, it's difficult. I'm not saying it's not, but anything worth doing often is difficult.
1: You're right. So
0: that's <laughs> that's my uh, uh sermon there. Go go to training, go to meetings, educate yourself so, so that you can educate others. Again, this podcast is about education. Um my belief is and and I'm fortunate to work in a school district where they agree with that too that every employee is a teacher. The 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 janitor who sweeps the floors, the repairman who fixes the pipes, the uh, the network administrator who uh works on the servers, we're all teachers. That's our primary job. Right. Now, a lot of times it's a support sort of thing and and we're just helping that process happen, but again, we have to be able to learn so that we can teach. So if you if you work in education, think of yourself as a teacher and think I need to get those continuing education hours. I need to be a learner so I can be a teacher.
1: Right. Well, it makes me think of uh we know specifically of a few that will not be mentioned, but uh you know, tech coordinators out there that are kind of like that right they're nose down they're constantly working on on stuff or whatever and then you ask them you know how how are you doing this how are you doing your imaging and how are your you know xyz and they tell you it's and the same old way it's yeah it's the same old way for, that they've been doing it for 15 years now and you, you're thinking why are you why are you still doing that that's just craziness and it's because they're they not taking that time aside to network to to get additional training see you know technology evolves so quickly you have to have you have to be connected and have your ear to the ground and they're not taking that time to get away and do that
0: and as chris is saying in the chat room maybe you can't travel maybe your boss won't let you uh listen to a podcast (laughs) you know that's this is continuing education this is part of why we started right right, this is this is what we want to do so so you know there are other ways to do it uh, and and you know as much as I love um, to travel, you know um, uh, Texas, everything happens in Austin, everything official anyway, and there's like four or five meetings a year in Austin. I try to make one or two of them if I can, but i there was one just recently that I would have loved to go to, and I couldn't. There was one uh, actually I think going on right now in uh, down in South Texas around San Antonio area. Uh, that's a well 11-hour drive or something like that for me, and, and it re- requires at least one overnight stay, maybe two. It's just not always going to be effective. But, um, you know, maybe go in the summer. Maybe take some of your own time. And, well, and again, I would say that, uh, and I have done this before, so I'm not just saying uh, for just other people, uh, maybe you should uh, pay your own way. Take a weekend and go to one of these things.
1: Well, and that's a little extreme, but yeah, depending on the person's means, maybe you can, maybe you can't get away with that. Uh, what I wanted to mention too is, you know, a lot of these things more and more now we see them streaming. That's true. So you don't necessarily have to be physically in attendance to, to attend. Um, so, uh, yeah, what probably the last year or two we've really seen a rise in how many of these, uh, meetings and seminars are, are streamed and that, uh, you know, we're parts of, we're, we're members of associations where we, We can usually get that stuff uh, for free anyway. So, uh, you know, you should be actively out there looking for these types of things as well.
0: Right. And your state probably has some uh, organization, some uh, uh, group of educators or or if you're not an educator, whatever whatever it is, there's a professional organization out there where the dues are $25 or maybe $100 a year uh, do those things, you know. Talk, uh, talk to your uh, um, your boss, and, and maybe maybe he'll fork over fifty bucks for an annual uh, uh, membership to this thing where you get access to uh, these conversations, even if you can't be there. My my point is that this twenty percent time idea is not just about edu- uh, experimentation; it's also about education.
1: Right, right. All right, and. Um,
0: I, that's really all we had did you have anything else on that
1: no that was that was pretty much it i think uh, I think we covered that pretty well
0: so I, I, I hope I haven't come off as preachy uh it's it's more uh just an exploration of of ideology maybe just a uh, um something that uh that I think doesn't get thought about enough and I'm trying to bring some light to it. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'll stop, I'll stop, uh, preaching and move on to our tips of the week. Uh, I'll begin with our, uh, tech tip of the week. And this one is a a new one to me and one that I haven't had cause to use. Uh, but, uh, I stumbled across it somewhere and it sounded really interesting. And, uh, um, and so I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, it's called safe MSI. And, um, uh, the, the link that I have is really, really long. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not even going to try, uh, to, uh, to explain it. But, uh, what Safe MSI does is it allows you to, um, start the MSI installer or, un- or uninstaller in safe mode. So, uh, you may have some malware or something like that that needs to be, uh, removed. Okay. Um, but you can't do it because the malware is interfering with you in regular mode. So you go and you do it in safe mode and you try to run the uninstaller or or install some uh, thing to remove it, and you can't because Microsoft doesn't allow MSI installers to run in safe mode. So you can't run it in normal mode because it's interfering, and you can't run it in safe mode because Windows is protecting you from yourself. Right. So you get in this sort of catch-22 situation. What Safe MSI does, it allows you to run the Windows installer in safe mode which also is an uninstaller. So you can install uh, an app that helps you clean the system up or uninstall the, the malfunctioning app. So that's Safe MSI, and the link will be in the show notes.
1: All right. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to jump in here with the teacher tip of the week. And uh, first off, I just want to start off by saying uh, this tip was from Amanda Wilson, who was a guest of ours a couple weeks ago. And uh, she mentioned this just fleeting uh, during the show. And uh, I-, I thought I would check it out. It's iPatio.com. And, uh, I had spelled it wrong when I first looked at it I was thinking patio like you know you go sit out on the patio so uh I tried that and couldn't find it and then i thought well i uh, ipad yeah that's that's what they're going after so it's i p a d i o dot com and uh as amanda just briefly mentioned uh this is uh uh it's like a call in recording podcast, uh, service and they call it flogging P H L O G G I N G, uh, flogging. Uh, but, uh, it's very simple. You just, uh, you get set up with your account, the accounts free, uh, or I probably wouldn't be mentioning it here. Uh, and, uh, you, uh, give a four digit code. And uh, so you dial in, you've got your own personal four digit code. Uh, and they also give you a number that you call in on. And, uh, once you do that, uh, you just record and they, uh, they, show up on your account. And uh, uh, that's basically it. You can register up to two phone numbers per account. Um, So, uh, you know, I'm picturing uh, there where, uh, uh, well, it's kind of hard, you know, like Amanda talked about uh, having a bunch of students call in or something like that. Not quite sure exactly how she's doing that because the call has to originate from a registered phone number so uh you know if i can register two phones like let's say i wanted to set one up and i set it up on my phone and on mark's phone uh only the two of us can call in and make she those probably recordings. has
0: each of them set up their own account that's kind and then of she what subscribes to the rss feed.
1: that's kind of what i was thinking uh so you'd have to go in and you'd have to do that uh of course it's same like anything else you know some schools are going to have problems with students setting up accounts online and whatever but uh if you're not one of those uh, districts, then, uh, go check it out. Uh, some cool things that it does. It'll actually transcribe your episode to text.
0: Is it better than Google voice? It
1: actually is. I tested that out and I was amazed at the accuracy and I was thinking, why can't Google voice get it this good? (laughs) So, uh, that was pretty good. I didn't go crazy and it wasn't a long test recording. So, uh, you know, maybe not, but the little short recording I did seemed to outperform Google. Um, uh, there's a little social aspect to the site where people can go on and, you know, they can comment on your episodes and things of that nature. Um, uh, it's very easy to listen right there on the site to the recordings. Uh, you can also download them and they also have RSS feeds as well. So, uh, if you're a budding podcaster and you just want to try that out, it's, uh, actually not a bad service. Uh, I, I know we've seen some in the past. We even tried one of those at TCEA a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, I don't
0: remember what it was called. I think it's gone now.
1: Well, the, yeah, they like very shortly afterward uh, went to a charge service. They okay. wouldn't do it for free. So um, so here's another one that's doing it for free. Uh, you can embed. They give you option to embed the recordings into your own site. Uh, uh, so that's another great one.
0: So being the Taiwad that I am, I'm envisioning here uh, a group of individuals, uh, with each with their own google voice account doesn't cost anything right. right you set up conference calling which you can do through like the the new gmail calling feature right mm-hmm. and so you set a conference up and then you call iPadio and include them in the conference and then you have a multi-way conversation and bang super cheap podcast distribution
1: right yeah and the quality is not going to be anything like what what we have here where we're doing it with some, uh, you know, decent equipment and everything else. But, uh, but I will say the, the quality through my BlackBerry was pretty good. It it was better than, you know, I've heard similar ones or people who've recorded a podcast on a voice note recorder or something like that. It was better than that. Um, and I imagine, you know, the, uh, the new uh, iPhone that Amanda had, uh, came across with some good, pretty good call quality too so
0: yeah well the, the primary issue with that i'm just going to get geeky for a second it's the the compression algorithm that phone companies use uh it's really uh efficient but you know oddly enough they don't seem to care much about sound quality uh and one of the reasons Amanda sounded so good is we were skyping in using the the uh uh the high quality mic on her iPhone 4 but and using the high quality codec on Skype so anytime and you know I mean, if you guys have ever listened to any sports radio or talk radio, you have the host with the big booming voice, and then the guy who calls him, And, and right. that's, it, it's not because uh, they don't want him to show up the host. It's because phone codecs just in general suck. And so anytime you're doing something over the phone system, it's not going to sound good. But uh, it's a neat little thing for a quick and dirty way to, to get your message out there. And I think it's a, a, a clever idea. I don't know how much uh, you could do with it, but uh, people will probably Probably surprise me and do really cool stuff with it
1: yeah and I could see uh, well one you know uh, like at our district the uh, the principals have been talking about wanting to get the kids uh, podcasting more and uh, uh, you know so then you start looking at well you know do we need to buy equipment or how can we do this without spending a whole lot of money and uh, I don't think this is really the option that we would go with but um, but you know possibly or maybe if you're you know wanting to do just some real basic, you know, not really teaching them podcasting, but having the kids submit some recordings, uh, maybe in a language arts course or something like that, or in a language course like Amanda does. Uh, I could see it being a great tool, you know, nice and easy. The user interface is a piece of cake. So if you're a teacher and you're not a, uh, you don't really have the geek, uh, you know, thumb, then, uh, you know, uh, you can check this one the out. The Geek Thumb? The Geek Thumb. Instead it, of the you, Green Thumb, the Geek Thumb. You that heard that new, here first. You yeah. just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: the, you're, going, you're going to try to make that spread. The Geek Thumb.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and spread that one uh, out there. Just, from, you know, r- give me uh, credit for it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. I've probably talked already way too long about that. But iPatio.com, check it out.
0: Okay, and uh, that uh, wraps up uh, our hodgepodge episode. Uh, I'll just uh, end, as I always do, reminding you how you can be a part of our conversation. Uh, you can find us on our website at thetightwadtech.com, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetightwadtech, uh, on Twitter at twitter.com slash thetightwadtech. Anybody seeing a, a pattern there? The Taiwad
1: right. Tech. Yeah, we, we've done a pretty pretty good job of branding I'm ourselves. Pretty so.
0: sure you could Google the Taiwad Tech or Bing the Taiwad Tech, and um, um, yeah, you'd, you'd find us because uh, we're the. Tightwad Tech did I mention the Tightwad Tech so anyway <laughs> uh join us there uh we have a a, a growing uh community there I'm I'm really uh, pleased with how well it's growing again um as I mentioned earlier um you know, bandwidth uh, is growing exponentially but also our community involvement is growing exponentially and uh, we're seeing a lot of in invi- uh um involvement there and a lot of uh, activity people joining in and it's it's becoming a really cool thing uh interestingly we're we're in the chat room now uh to uh you know for the show but uh you know we when i logged in there there was already somebody there who was who'd just been there and and i i tend to do that as well when i can is just log in and and my vision would be that it would be you know a couple hundred people who just kind of make that part of their day when they log in there and it's a, an immediate feedback resource and how cool would that be if somebody pop in have a question hey hey is anybody doing this and you have somebody there ready to answer it it's it's a it's a a long-range vision but that's my vision for what the tie tech community will be it's it's not just a, about a podcast it's a podcast will be one small part of a community of like minds
1: right uh and i really need to do a better job of that i I know when you first set it up i was logging in and uh, staying on there every day and uh you know but right now it's budding so there's not a whole lot of activity so you kind of forget to do that so uh yeah i need to do a better job of that so that i can be in there Uh, it's doesn't take any extra work to have it up throughout the day
0: All right, so uh, join us uh, at thetaiwadtech dot com, and uh, we'll see you on the internet. So yeah,
1: absolutely. For now, this is Mark signing off, and Sean signing off.